getting word in the wilderness. Hello, I am Tanya Ravis at alaskawriting.com. I've been told I should read aloud from my new book of nonfiction, Land of Bear and Eagle, but I have a problem. I liked reading to the kids when they were young, but that is different. It feels awkward to read to people who already know how, and it's all there in the book anyway. The least I can do, if I'm going to read, is read something that didn't make the cut and was left out of the book. That adds value. You won't find it anywhere but here. In Land of Bear and Eagle, I was committed. Hancock House, the publisher, indulged me in this, committed to having no more or less than 52 chapters, and accordingly a few chapters were left on the floor. Not that I consider this chapter, radio, to be unimportant. The theme highlights our isolation at the cabin and the importance of communication when you live off the grid. Recently, revising the manuscript of a novel of mine, a companion volume to Land of Bear and Eagle, I realized how insistently the radio stands in for the outside world. To be clear, we had at Cottonwood, we have a VHF radio, that's a two-way radio, for communicating with boats and with the neighbors who are few and far between, but radio in what follows is the commercial radio with which all of you are familiar. I'll add that from an early age I associated the medium of radio with freedom, not only other people's free speech, but also my own freedom to listen or not. As a kid, I had a little transistor radio on which I listened to hockey games and talk shows at night under the blanket after I had been put to bed. Something reassuring in the voices or beguiling in the invisible human presence attracted me. So by and large, I am disposed to think favorably of the radio, but from my vantage at Cottonwood, our cabin in the Alaskan bush, my attitude was ambivalent. Radio. Every few days at the top of the hour, we turned on the radio to hear the national and world news. Kodiak's KVOK at AM560 was the only radio station we received at Cottonwood. The headlines were normally violent or titillating or both. The news outlets supply the news in abbreviated pellets which act as a cultural concentrate spreading through the airwaves and infusing, if not contaminating, the atmosphere. In the late 1990s, there was Boku news about the indiscretions of President Clinton. Headlines tend to reduce civilization to a pulp, plotline, salacious and violent, and of such a world Mr. Clinton was a natural prince. The man had a way of popping up everywhere. Even the war in the Balkans was being called Monica's War by his political enemies. I had less interest in the truth value of the rumors concerning Clinton's sexual proclivities than in the invasion by such sordidness of my family's privacy, and we went for long intervals without bothering to turn on the radio. We lived with two children in a remote island cabin surrounded by ocean and mountain and forests. Nature, in its overarching reality, showed up the frantic little world of human interests, a world that appeared determined to celebrate the century's end in war and scandal. I wanted none of it. We were too happy and too busy with the demands of homestead life to sit around missing a world that couldn't give a better account of itself. Our natural curiosity about our brethren always brought us back to the radio, however. Sooner or later we put the batteries back in and tuned in to see what we had missed. At least Bill Clinton had entertained us. 
The massacre at Columbine High in May 1999 brought only grief. The grief immediately morphed into finger-pointing tirades about who other than the killers was guilty. In the villages, canneries, and hideaways of Kodiak Island, in faraway lumber camps and hunting lodges, people who did not have internet or mail delivery nevertheless heard on the radio about the impeachment or the Kosovo War or Columbine, and they debated these matters in a healthy exercise of free speech. Alaskans are individualists who don't expect agreement but demand a hearing. Another national story I followed from my remote listening post at Cottonwood, the lead story in CNN Radio's Top of the Hour News, was the Tim McVeigh execution in June 2001. Moralists weighed in on the death penalty and the face of evil. While I looked out the window at the trees and wildflowers, McVeigh, the Oklahoma City bomber, was moved into a windowless death block cell near the execution room in the federal prison at Terre Haute. For his last meal, McVeigh ordered two pints of chocolate chip ice cream. Every monster has his sweet tooth, Gore Vidal might have quipped. McVeigh was evidently something of a literary man. Not only did he invite Gore Vidal to his execution, but he also quoted in his farewell to the world, the rousing invictus of poet William Henley. I learned all of these particulars from the top of the hour news. Three hundred people watched the execution on closed-circuit television. Some clapped, others cried. There you have humanity in a nutshell. As soon as McVeigh was dead, so was the headline, and CNN never mentioned it again. KVOKAM, a country music station with a broad community reach, currently KVOK's off-air while they find a new transmitter site, was a Kodiak institution. The news occupied just a fraction of the airtime. They also ran the hotline and on-air garage sale. Another KVOK program, the Crabbers, was an island-wide message service. A crabber aired more than once during the day to allow for the possibility that the intended recipient was not listening to Ted at Bear Point, to Wendy in Akiak. In this way, a mother sent a birthday crabber to her teenager working in a remote summer job. Or the news that a family member was out of surgery or had missed a flight went out to fish camp or to the village. For many, there was no other way of getting word. And if you were alone in the bush, just you and your radio, a crabber from a loved one came as a joy. I can attest to this. Through a KVOK crabber, while I worked solo on the cabin, I learned that my infant son, back in Fairbanks, had taken his first steps. This is a whimsical way of communicating. A thousand people may hear a message whose intended recipient is busy picking fish or concluding business in the outhouse, but its inefficiency is in part what makes it so pleasingly social. It's reminiscent of the old telephone party lines, though, and potentially annoying, and thanks to advances in technology, many Kodiak Islanders are today happy to have alternatives. Again, Land of Barren Eagle, a home in the Kodiak wilderness, is due in late 2022 from Hancock House Publishers. Order it at HancockHouse.com and see the good work they do at HancockWildlife.org. Land of Bear and Eagle can also be pre-ordered at Amazon Canada. You've been listening to Getting Word in the Wilderness, an episode of the Denali Press Podcast. 
I am Tanya Ravis at alaskawriting.com and denalipress.com. Questions or comments, tanyo at tanyo.net. Thank you for listening.